Hi, Ebcasters. Quick production note. This is our Star Wars Podcast Day episode, which was released on February 7th, uh, 2023, on the 24th anniversary of the release of Jedi Talk, the very first Star Wars podcast, which premiered back in 1999. Recorded this several weeks ago, so we didn't mention it during the recording, so I wanted to put a note up front. Um, Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. Yum nub. Hello and welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name is Matt, and I am not a committee. <laughs> and my name is Jamie, and do you know why they put me in charge? It's because I'm willing to do what needs to be done. There you go. Timely. Yeah. Um, I was I was searching for quotes right beforehand, and I just saw that one and made yeah. me laugh. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, so before we get into anything today, we just tell everybody what we're doing. Um, we're still we're in episode we're still in the second season of Bad Batch, and we're reviewing episode three today, um, the Solitary Clone. But we're going to get to that in a few minutes. Um, you have anything you want to talk about up up top? No, yeah, no, no real Star Wars news and my um, on my end. Other than I got that uh, Rebels comic book, I've been uh, working my way through it. Yes, Merry Christmas. Yes, thanks. Belated Christmas gift. Oh. The Dark Horse Rebels short comics, the collected works. I have it right here on my desk. It's huge. Um, I had a fantasy, because I had all of these on my computer at one point. I had a fantasy that I would print it and bind it into a book, but every time I quoted it out, it was just going to be ridiculously expensive. But there's a 500-page book of short comics. Beautiful. Just absolutely gorgeous. I also haven't done very much in Star Wars this week. Um, I actually went over to a friend's house and he wanted to watch The Force Awakens. And then uh, we watched like the first 30 minutes and then turned it off because it was getting too late. Yeah. It was just fun to revisit that movie. Well, we have we not recorded since you bought that battle droid? I think we recorded the day I bought that battle droid. But, oh, okay. But yeah, we did. I did. So it's... So I can send you the Twitch stream of the guy printing it because he has a Twitch camera. There's a camera basically pointed at all of his printers, and he texts me in in an app just saying, like, oh, it's on printer five right now. I go and I watch Beast being printed. So that's coming. That's coming in February at some point. We're right We're right in the middle of January right now. We're, we're oh, about a week behind in recording these, so we're recording them after the next episode comes out so it's it's uh january 22nd today um but yeah the battle droid should be here next week i've really i'm really leaning in to the basement being like a little like galaxy's edge outpost thing Mm -hmm. and i realized today you can get a life-size grogu for relatively cheap (laughs) they're only they're only like 18 inches tall which i guess is consistent with the with the show, but shorter than I thought, but I was researching that today, but there's like lots of little props and things like not prop actual props, but like little things that look like stuff on shows that you can get really cheap. You can get those ice cream makers that like people carry around like the Beskar in the Comtanos, Comtanos. Yeah. That, those things you can get those, um, Disney sells them and Disney sells chance cubes and Sabak decks and like credit chits and, and things like that, and I was like, "Well, like we're getting we're getting a shed installed this weekend, and so when it's installed, all of the tools come out of the basement, and then there's gonna be nothing down here except for 
um, Star Wars stuff on my desk. So yeah. kids are getting really excited. Jabba's Palace is creeping along slowly. And we're ordering figures for that and starting to glue the pieces together and paint it and sand it and add details. So that's good. Let's move along too. But as far as just consuming Star Wars, I've had sort of a lazy week. Yeah. I mean, there was the Mandalorian trailer. That was pretty rad. Oh, right. Um, we can take a couple seconds to talk about that. I, I'm pretty excited about Mandalorian. It comes out in March. And then, like I said, it's just January right now. Um, the I would say the trailer is like an Easter egg hunt. I don't really get what the plot's going to be very much, but there's some things to be excited about, I guess, like the diaspora coming together. Um, there's like a droid bar. <laughs> yeah. There's Bob. There's like Babu Fricks in one scene. Just like cool stuff like that. I mean, I I, I honestly I watched it a bunch of times. I assume you did too. What did you think? Uh, yeah, uh, like you, I have no idea what's going on, other than they um they're making it seem like it's he's going back to Mandalore to uh, kind of redeem himself in the eyes of his cult, which I don't know you and I both aren't thrilled with that, but I think there's a lot of misdirection with um well in trailers in general they'll you know they'll put um pieces together and make it seem like one person is answering another person would when you watch but when you watch the movie or the show it's two completely different scenes so i'm hoping that it's not that there's something more to it i mean it seems like they're kind of hinting at the the either the first order or the like or the um sith eternal yeah or the maxines or something Mm -hmm. some progenitor of the first order yeah um, I mean that's kind of like why they wanted Grogu, but because uh, they still show that uh, that doctor and that the one guy was talking about how there's stuff going out in the outer rim before it's going to be too late. Right, Pershing, the doctor, and the the uh, cop who keeps pulling Mando over. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I'm I'm excited to see a lot of like Mandalorians fucking shit up, which. That looks like uh, that's something that's going to be happening. I think Disney's doing a very good job with trailers being teasers rather than trailers. Um, we look back at even the Bad Batch trailer for season two, almost the entire trailers in the first two episodes, like 80% of it is. And so it's like, all right, you're not actually telling us anything about the show. You're just sort of giving us a taste. Mm-hmm. And I imagine the Mando trailer is like that too. It's probably half of it's from the first two episodes and everything else is just bits and pieces out of context. So it's fine. Like I, I I once said that I would, I would really enjoy to walk into like a star Wars movie completely cold. I not know anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty sweet. I I don't know how I could do that unless there, there are times that things have crept up on me just because I've been busy with something something else then all of a sudden it's just like oh this is coming out awesome (laughs) right but um it's hard for stars to sneak up on me right yeah but um all right so do you want to move on yeah so we thought we'd change things up and break out my trivia box game it's uh star wars uh it's branded oh it's it's disney era stuff it's by cardinal games it's got the um Got the kind of the rebels branding where it has like the stormtrooper helmet with like kind of like uh, Sabine's 
um, Firebird on it, and it's got a crack on it. Oh, cool. Okay, so I will ask Matt some questions, and he will try to answer. Some of them are easy. Some of them are, I don't know what what the hell these are. <laughs> so, all right. So Matt, we've done this. We've done this a couple times in the past. It's relatively fun, and we're trying to introduce more variety in our segments. So, yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So um, this one is about production. Where were Hoth sequences filmed? A Norway. Wait, so so per so when we did this last time, you let me guess before the choices. Okay. Do you want to do it that way? Sure. Or, all right. So I'm I'm going to guess Norway because that's what I thought it was. But oh yeah, it that, is. Okay. So if that's right, not see. correct, then okay, I got it right. Yep. Awesome. Okay. A lot of these are Empire related. Nice. Uh, no, that's too easy. What type of weapon did Han Solo carry? I don't remember the name of the blaster. It's Blast Tech. Do you want the... Yeah, can I get the choices? Okay. DH-17 blaster pistol, ionization blaster, a DL-44 pistol, or Marison Power 5 blaster pistol? Uh, it's the DL-44, I think. Yep. Yeah, that's what I was trying to remember. It was... I can remember, like, the fucking World War II weapon it's based on. But anyway, okay. cool. I'm two for two. How, how many TIE fighters make up a typical attack squadron? Um, four? I don't uh, know. Can I get the choices? 12, 20, 14, or 10. <laughs> so I was really close with four? Yeah. <laughs> um, so what is a TIE? What's the... What's the What's the formation? Just a type formation? Make up a typical attack squadron. Attack squadron, 12, I would guess. Yeah, that's right. That was a pure guess. Okay. How tall is an AT-AT? <laughs> I'm gonna, um, so I'm in a Star Wars customizing Facebook group, and someone built it to scale for a three and three quarter inch figure. And that one was, I want to say it was five and a half feet tall at its back. So okay. if, you were to, if you were to extrapolate that for every four inches is six feet, um, it's a lot. Okay, this isn't. Um, we're using met, uh, metric system here because uh, the our 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 screwy system doesn't uh, exist in a far far galaxy far far away. So okay, then I'll guess. Is it meters then? Mm-hmm. All right, bullshit metric system. I'll guess. I'll guess twenty meters. Uh, did you, um, okay, give me the choices. Okay, 10 and a half meters, 15 and a half meters, 20 and a half, or 30 and a half? Well, I said 20, so I'll take 20 and a half. Nope, it is 15, 15 and, a half? and a half. Damn it! I was gonna. Oh, I was really debating between 15 and 20 before I said 20, and I was like, no, nah, they're pretty fucking tall. 15 meters? All right. Okay. How many moons does Hoth have? Was it two? Nope. Three. Oh. Okay. I'm trying okay. to remember. They had a lot of asteroid activity. It's going to be hard spotting an okay. incoming ship. Who came out of light speed too close to the Hoth system? Um, Ozzel. Yeah. Okay. I just put that out there. <laughs> what is Derek Clavian's nickname? Dak? Is it A, Lerdo, <laughs> B, Hobby, C, Peewee, D, Turner? I want it to be Lerdo, but I bet it's Hobby. Yeah, it is Hobby. Okay. Doc, Dak was actually the guy's name, right? Yeah. Yeah, was it a nickname? 
How did the droids stay on the back of Luke Skywalker's land speeder during travel? How did the what stay on the back? How did the droids stay on the back of Luke's land speeder during travel? Oh, you mean in in A New Hope? Mm-hmm. Um, R2-D2 was laying down, right, on the kind of on the back trunk area, I think. And I think C-3PO was just sitting on the back, like like sitting, like if it were a convertible, he had like his feet in the back seat and sitting on the back. Is that right? Uh, no? Sure. The answer is magnetic clamps. How many proton torpedoes does an X-Wing fighter carry? Eight? <laughs> I don't. I haven't read the, spe- the schematics of an X-Wing. God, you're so stupid. Nine, two, three, <laughs> or six? I'm going to be nine. Uh, I'll say six. Yep. Let's see. Uh, how long is an Imperial Star Destroyer in meters? Um, in meters? Um, four, 400. I need the end. I need the choices for this. 1500, 1700, 1600, 1800. This is a pure guess. I'm just going to say 15. Nope, 16. All right. Yeah, so ship schematics apparently are my weak point. When I play when I play Trivial Pursuit, it's the sports category. So. Yeah, th- there was a question here that says who played Boba Fett? And one of the answers is uh, Tamora Morrison. I'm like, well, technically that's correct. But yeah, you know that would be absolutely correct. Yeah, you can, play, you can say like Daniel Logan. You can say, oh um, yeah, the yeah. the only one that is to, uh, Tamara Morrison, Daniel Logan, Jeremy Bullock, or David Prowse. And it was who played Boba Fett or who didn't mm-hmm. play Boba Fett? Or who played Boba Fett? That's a weak. That's a weak fucking answer. Yeah. Well, what, <laughs> what do you want? All right, do you, have, do you have one to end it, or are That's... we done? All right, last one. I wasn't keeping score. I just assumed I got them all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what wasn't quite enough to get Princess Leia excited? <laughs> <laughs> Wrong answers only. <laughs> Harrison Ford's earring. <laughs> um... <laughs> I can't remember. The, I remember the line, but I can't remember what, what its context to. Just a second. Um, damn it! I can't think of it. Give me the choices. Escape, escaping the Empire, being held by Han Solo, racing through an asteroid field, flying to Bespin. Being held by Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Another Empire one. All right. Well, that was fun. Yeah. We'll we'll work on our bits a little bit and and not just talk about all the Star Star Wars we didn't do that week. Do you want to move on to the show review? Sure, let's do it. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about season, uh, season two, episode three, The Bad Batch, called The Solitary Clone. Now, Matt, can you tell us about the cast? Sure. There's two. We have a regular cast, um, which we haven't really gone over yet. Um, we can later episode. But we do have two guest stars. Um, I know it's called The Solitary Clone, but I... I was calling this governor versus governor, um, Mm -hmm. like spy versus spy. So the two governors in the episode, the imperial governor is played by a man called uh, Max Middleman. And he is a voice actor that has an absurd number of credits. This guy must be in the studio every single day. He's a previous Star Wars actor where he played the Quarren in Battlefront and Battlefront 2. That's what it's billed as. 
He was Han Solo in Lego Star Wars All-Stars and a character called Arn Perallon in the Old Republic expansion Onslaught. He's actually in a couple of those games. Um, he, in his earlier work prior to Star Wars, he did voiceover on Sailor Moon, English yeah. translation. That's where I know him from. That's where you know him from, yeah. He actually did a ton of English translation anime voiceover um, in like the 2000s. 2004, he was a voice in the um, large um, multiplayer role-playing game World of Warcraft. I, I hear a lot about that, like, but I have no idea. Is it is it like D and D except set in outer space? No, you're thinking of spacecraft or whatever that was called. No, there was there was World of Warcraft is like D and D, but it's no, no, no. I'm thinking of Warhammer. Sorry. Yeah, you're thinking of Warhammer. Sorry. Um, yeah, World of Warcraft was that huge. Yeah. MMORPG game that people oh, were like okay, dying duh. playing all the time. Duh, right. Duh, duh. Yeah. Okay. But it is like it is like D and D. You're like classes and you go on quests and shit i just lost a ton of nerd credit i don't i know what it is i just never played it i i from, he's having a senior moment everybody give him a break <laughs> yeah i i see war and like all these things have like war star or craft or something in it and like yeah starcraft I, that was what i was going for not yeah, spacecraft starcraft and my old <laughs> like well I'm you and getting, i played starcraft starcraft and warcraft when it was like civilization right where it wasn't an mmrpg Mm-hmm. Right, so it was just like a desktop game. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting confused now. I'm, I'm, I, it's like I'm reading the, reading Lord of the Rings again, and I can't keep up with everybody's uh, name because they all sound exactly the same. Yeah, we're we're both approaching our senior years. Um, pretty soon we'll be put out to pasture. <laughs> um, once our wives stop finding us useful, which will be any minute for me. <laughs> Um, so after World of Warcraft, he was in a bunch of Spider-Man cartoons. He had human appearances in Two and a Half Men and Big Bang Theory, where he played tech support. Um, does not narrow down what episode he was in on that show, unfortunately. Um, but he returned to Disney doing Ben 10, Frozen 2. He was in the What If series. And I was going through his credits before we started recording, and he has 200 credits in the past two years. He is mostly wow. built as additional voices, which is sort of the the billing you get when you play a bunch of background characters and something or a bunch of characters with one or two lines. He has to be working every damn day. Yeah. That's... This guy is a, a robot. He's a machine. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's like one of those guys who like the, like the, the, um, the guys who do audio books who are just like, like, uh, like they're in like every, they're narrating like every book. Yeah, he's he's just he's just in this he's in a studio. He's just like in a cast assigned to a studio, and these studios just do hundreds of cartoons. And so it was like, we need you to read these six lines with this with this inflection. He just goes in and does it, right? Mm-hmm. His IMDb page is illogical. Yeah, I gotta wonder. I mean, like he make like I'm sure he's making like he a, a living comfortably. Um, I mean, not like 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 super wealthy, but like. Like a somebody who's like a kind of like a working actor. Well, like a, yeah, like a working actor, like a working comedian who's like Dave Chappelle level, Chris Rock level, but like just some somebody who just day in day out just goes in, does it, and makes a decent living. Yeah, that, that, I'm sure the industry is filled with those people, and he's very clearly one of them. I with as many credits. Like I was scrolling back, and I'm like, wow, this guy's got a lot of credits. And I looked at the date, and I'm like, I'm still in 2022. What's going on? It's just it's just illogical how much this guy's working. 
Um, so go ahead and look him up, Max Middleman. He's probably going to do more Star Wars, I imagine, because he does a lot of Disney stuff. So the other governor, um, his name's Tasia um, Valenza, and she is a Star Wars alum also. She plays Shakti in Clone Wars, and she plays uh, Veniza Doza in Resistance, who is um, sort of the wayward mother of the Doza family, and the Doza father runs the station um, on that show. We haven't gotten to Resistance, obviously. We'll get there in like 400 years. <laughs> um, but but she's a, she's a character that appears in about five or six episodes. Um, but she's a little bit older than Max, and she's been in everything that you love from the 1980s. She was in Cheers, <laughs> Highway to Heaven, Fame, A-Team. There's our A-Team tie-in. And she was on 25 episodes of All My Children over three years. So she was a reoccurring character on that show. From from an older Star Wars point of view, she was a female Gungan in episode one. Hmm. So she's she's been with the family for a very long time. But the thing that I wanted to point out with her um, background is she is also on Star Trek. She played a Vulcan named Tishonic, who was in an episode with Wesley Crusher while they were competing, while he was competing to get a slot at the academy with three other students. Um, and the episode of that is called Coming of Age, I think. And Wesley does not um, get into the academy in that episode, but she plays the Vulcan. Um, so that's her background. She, like I said, she's in everything. She also has hundreds of credits and has been doing a lot of voiceover work lately. Um, and I expect her to continue to be in Star Wars because she was in the last two animated series. Yeah. So I, I have a question for you on Gungans. Uh, Gungans have been mentioned in the High Republic, but in episode one, Padme is like, oh, you're a Gungan. Like she's never seen a Gungan before. So, like, what do you think? Do they, like, um, do they become kind of like, uh, I don't know, isolationist to where you don't? Yeah, so, so I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily go by the uh, attitude of a privileged, privileged white girl about whether or not she knows who the indigenous people are on her planet. I'm <laughs> saying, like, uh, I wonder if these guys know the Commodores in, uh, <laughs> from vacation. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Like I had a, I, you know where where I grew up. I, I had a cousin come visit me when I was a kid, and he was upset that there weren't teepees um, <laughs> around us. And I was like, "That's the wrong, that's the wrong kind of Native American." Like, where do you think we are? Yeah. Like, I, I just don't, I just don't invest in other people's ignorance, right? Mm-hmm. So, and so, yes. But if you wanna, if you wanna do some retconning real quick. Um, there could have been a moment where Naboo was settled and a like a small break-off faction of Gungans left the planet to go find something else because of the interlopers, right? And mm-hmm. that's how they know about them. But yeah, Gungans are in in a couple books. Yeah, yeah. One of them. Uh, yeah, one of them is a member of the Nile. I think his name's yeah. Wetbub. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's great. That's that's a wonderful tie-in. Yeah, got to think about that some more. We need to talk about the High Republic on this on this show soon. Maybe after the next thing gets released, we can talk about what we think about Phase Two. 
Mm-hmm. But that's all I'm going to do for the cast today. Like I said, everybody else is either a regular player or I did not bother um, looking him up, looking them up. I should have done Rampart, but I did not do him today. I think we have a pretty thorough discussion planned today for the episode. So if you want to get into it, I'm very happy to. So the show opens up on a planet called Desix. It's a red dirt planet, uh, looks kind of like Mars, dusty wind blowing. There's regular people out uh, working. An alarm goes off, and you see an Imperial shuttle is landing. On board, a governor is told that they are on final approach. The shuttle lands, and people are running and screaming and hiding indoors. Now, the government and some stormtroopers – now, I have to mention these are the new stormtroopers. They're not clone troopers. These are – these are the new stormtroopers. They um, they look very slick. They look like a combination of um, the the clones, um, I guess the um, clone troopers, um, first order, and then just regular stormtrooper armor. It's yeah, it looks really it looks really cool. It's I think it's based on an early McQuarrie sketch of a stormtrooper, like a simplified helmet. Yeah, I, I believe so. It's it's pretty cool. So. Um, <clears throat> The stormtroopers and the government, sorry, the stormtroopers and the government, they approach the central building. Three of the figures wearing helmets enter the building. The central figure introduces themselves as Tawny Ames, the governor of Dessex. Now, uh, I want to say something before I continue that, like, they're all wearing, like, yeah, like you said, they're all wearing helmets. Her helmet makes uh, makes me think of. Um, um, oh shoot! Why can't I think of it? Um, Lando's droid. Um, L three. L three. I want to say L seven, but that's that's completely wrong. Uh, L three, and the other one looks like Master Chief from the Halo series, but he's wearing like a bucket hat. Um, so I don't know if that was like, oh, we'll make this guy kind of look like the Master Chief, but change it just a little bit. Um, I don't know the reference, but I'll Google it. Oh, Master Chief from the Halo series. I'm sure you've you, you've seen what you've seen what he looks like. Um, he's got a, like a big visor helmet. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I see it now. Um, yeah, good call. Yeah, I just didn't pick up on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it looks exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah, and for a while there, I thought that we we were gonna. This was like she might have been Enfys Nest's Enfys Nest's mother because everybody's wearing masks, which I was kind of like, ooh, this could be cool. I didn't think of that. That's also would be a great tie-in. Unfortunately, that, that does not happen. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the Imperial says he's there to relieve her of uh, her title. Tawny says that Desix is not in the Empire, so they should leave peacefully. The Imperial disagrees that they are not in the Empire. Tawny says that that's disappointing. And the Imperials are immediately surrounded by B-1 battle droids. Tawny says that she has a message for the Empire. Now this is um, this is cool to see pushback of like this is we're still in the beginning parts of the empire and they're starting to install toadies everywhere and people didn't just roll over. Yeah, I got I got big Ferrex vibes from this whole episode. Like it it, it puts I know Ferrex is several it's like twelve years later, fifteen years later almost. Um, when we see it in Andor, but if this is what they, if this is how they treated Ferrex, um, no wonder people were ready, willing to 
fight mm-hmm. back once they had like a big enough excuse to because this is yeah they're pushing back and the empire's response is not proportional mm-hmm. it's like like oh you want to you want to refuse our order we're going to burn your city down yeah that sort of response and it's just ridiculous so i think they're doing a great job setting them up setting them up as the evil empire yeah and just like at ferrix the i mean you, you don't know how this guy got his position but it's not because he's trained or or was uh, um voted in it was just like he's somebody's son or did something he's just a he's just a toady just like the like like in Andor on Ferrix, the guy was like, well, I can't remember what exactly it was. Like, can I can I be the governor? And she's like, Yeah, sure, I don't care. He just want they just want the um, the title and the power. Yeah, I think we're gonna get to. I've I've got some stuff about him later, um, but he's obviously not old enough to have the power he's given. He's he's too immature. So let's let's keep going. Mm-hmm. I think I'll talk about him a little bit more. Okay. All right, so now it cuts to Crosshair in a small, sparse barracks. Uh, shift alarms going off, and he wakes up on his slab and heads out to breakfast. It's it's a very uh, Spartan-esque uh, room. There's absolutely nothing there. And he's just kind of in his, uh, his um, I guess, his black clone uh, underoos, the, the uh, long johns that they wear underneath the, um, the armor. Yeah, his his barracks almost looks like a cell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's just kind of like, ugh, just another day. Or at least that's kind of like the the way it makes it seem. He sits with two regs in the um, in the commissary, but they uh, they get up and leave. And I, I really like this because he sits down, and then you see just the other two looking at each other, and then the one just kind of nods his head like, "Let's get out of here." It's just it's just like like anywhere like the um, high school um, military whatever or just or just anywhere where like somebody sits down near you and you're just like ugh so you're just like let's get out of here I don't want to be around this person so it's interesting to see that the clones don't like him yeah it's establishing that he's isolated even there yeah and and this comes up later but there's not there's barely any clones in there like there's more tables than there are clones right it's getting bad for the clones yeah and yeah because they actually talk about like some like like defense spending bill being passed or being up for a vote and they're saying let's let's hope it doesn't pass for our sake just meaning that they're going to be spending more money on uh, stormtroopers and getting rid of the um getting rid of uh, the clones so they it's like they know that they're they're becoming obsolete and maybe they hate yeah. maybe they hate crosshair because he's training the new guys maybe they they don't like him just because he's a he's a dick who knows exactly and the bill they're just the bill they're discussing is the defense recruitment bill and they're right. saying it's going back up for a vote mm-hmm. yeah so uh over the um like before actually before crosshair can even eat he sits down with his tray um he gets um a call over the intercom saying that he's summoned to Vice Admiral Rampart's office. So in Rampart's office, Crosshair has been cleared for active duty. Cleared for active duty, Rampart asked Crosshair how long he was stranded on Kamido, which is uh, 32 rotations, so I guess that means 32 days. I assumed, yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, Crosshair is loyal to, um, even after being abandoned. He um, he says he's a soldier of the Empire. Rampart just can't believe that he was still there. Uh, Rampart tells uh, Crosshair about the situation on Dexit. <clears throat> Sorry, Desix. Crosshair is going to going with the diplomatic mission, but is really there to kill the old governor and secure the city. Uh, Crosshair asks what squad he's in. Uh, sorry, Crosshair asks what squad he's in charge of. Rampart says he's not getting a squad of his own yet, and tells him to meet with his commander at the memorial. And then he dismisses Crosshair. Now, I want before moving on, I want to talk about like this. I didn't really catch it uh, the first time around, um, but the, at my, my second viewing, I caught it that like. Rampart treats him like he would a droid or a thing or a child. Cause, yeah. Because he, Crosshair asks, like, oh, what team will I be leading? And he's like, oh. He just kind of laughs, like, like, you're stupid. You know, like, you're not, you're not getting that. Um, you're going to go do this thing. You're not worth my, you're not worth my time. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of Rampart in this episode where later, he refuses to acknowledge that Cody has a name, mm-hmm. right? And he he won't respond to a question unless um, Crosser uses Cody's code, like his CC two 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 four. Yeah, his birth number. Yeah, and like there's just a lot of that. Just Rampart at this point. Rampart does not see clones as anything other than droids. That's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. So it's very kind of like. Uh, it it hurts, and then like even more. There's so uh, so there's some uh, there's this um, war, war memorial that's just got a bunch of well it turns out it's mostly gibberish except for a couple things, um, uh, on it with writing, and crosshairs just standing there alone while some other troops go by, and it just it just reeks to me it just reeks of like kid waiting to get picked up by his dad, um. Just he's just alone. He doesn't have anybody, and he's just told just just go, go out into this public place, and they'll come get you. Don't meet up in a in a, in a more proper staging area. They're just going to come pick you up at the bus stop. Yeah, and things get worse for him. <laughs> yeah, and so it's just very uh, it's it, it's it's I feel sad for the character. Yeah, for sure. Me too. So at the at the memorial, Crosshair is met by Commander Cody, uh, CC two 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 four. The exchange small talk about the Bad Batch and the high rate of clone defectors. Crosshair says that clones that defect are traitors like the Jedi. Cody pauses and he says, "Well, good soldiers follow orders." Just kind of like flippantly, just kind of like to kind of get the conversation back on track. Okay, so in hyperspace. The um, uh, clone unit is being given a briefing by Cody and Crosshair about the kidnapping of the Imperial governor and the battle droid-based defenses. Um, it's uh, become apparent that uh, that even though the the droids were probably uh, they received the shutdown signal that they've been reprogrammed. The insurgents are expecting a diplomat- diplomatic envoy, but they will take them by surprise, grab the governor, and end the standoff. So as they get there, the shuttle is cleared for approach, and on the planet surface, the Imperial Governor is being guarded by B-1 battle droids. Tawny knows that the diplomatic envoy is not peaceful, 
she's talking to the governor at this point and she says that Dooku knew that the Republic was going to collapse. Like was it something like, like, like in the end, Dooku was right. So maybe she didn't agree with Dooku, but that, that he was right, that the Republic was going to collapse and become something worse, the empire. And, um, and, and here they are. So a tactical droid sees the shuttle com- coming and the droid tells uh, Governor Tawny that they are in range. She gives the order to attack the shuttle. A group of battle droids that use shoulder-mounted rockets shoot down the ship, and the Separatist tank also lends fire, and the shuttle crashes just outside the city center. Tawny sends scouts to check for survivors. Some battle droids are sent to check. Now the ship is on fire and wrecked. The scouts find several dead clones, and the uh, droids make a kind of a morbid joke about the dead clones, which is... I found it interesting, bizarre, but battle droids um, range from like completely incompetent to like almost self-aware. So I just like, I'll just go with it. Yeah. I mean, just get to the next line and then I'll talk about these droids. Yeah. They report that there is no survivors shortly before being shot by the clone survivors. So I watched this with the boys last night because we're watching Bad Batch together. And they laughed out loud when they said, when they radioed, there's no survivors. And then they immediately get shot and then it pans over and there's like 10 of them standing there. It's like, how bad are you at your job? <laughs> you didn't even check the whole area. You sent yeah. two? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's just comically stupid. Mm-hmm. But battle droids are comically stupid, so it fits. But it's still one of those moments where like the boys were just laughing. It's fun to see it through their eyes. Yeah. Half the squad is either dead or injured and uh, can't continue. So Crosshair and Cody are not discouraged. They, they see the tank. Crosshair knows how to beat the tank. He he says that they all have a weakness, and the weakness is the, the droids that uh, the weakness is the droids that are operating them. Uh, so Crosshair will draw the tank's fire while Cody moves through the remainder of the squad into position to move to the city center. Now, through all throughout this battle, this is one of the first times that I've actually been rooting for the battle droids, which is, is kind of a surprising turn of events. Yeah, so this is, we can, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but this is basically clones versus battle droids again. But it's very interesting because you, you're right, you don't want the clones to win this time. And your your sympathies have transitioned to these people who don't want to be part of the Empire. And it's very it's it's good because it's making the audience wrestle with the same things that Cody's wrestling with and Crosser is probably wrestling with. It's like what is the right thing to do here? And it's things we've talked about on our, our show before. When you're in a society in decline, what's the right thing to do? Right? These people were these clones were programmed to be killing machines and work with the Republic. Well the Republic doesn't exist. So what are they doing? You know? So just a very fascinating point of view, and I'm mm-hmm. really glad you brought it up. Yeah. Crosshair starts sniping of the tank, and the tank starts to return fire. Crosshair artfully uses uh, the tank to reposition... Or, sorry. Crosshair artfully causes the tank to reposition until he uh, has a shot down the barrel. He hits the ordnance inside the, the barrel of the tank, and it's destroyed. The rest of the clones move up to take the city center... Crosshair snipes the battle droids um, on the city wall as the clones move in. The clones easily overwhelm the battle droids and move into the city. Crosshair 
recognizes the tactics and thinks that there must be a tactical droid. Cody recommends they break up their forces to increase the odds of getting to the governor. The tactical droid has a scenario planned for this. Now, inside the city center, the clones are grinding their way through. Cody and Crosshair encounter some civilians who clearly don't want them there. And um, while uh, Crosshair is just pointing his gun at them, Cody's just like, it's okay. We're here to help. Go back inside. So it's it's a child and, and uh, or parent and child. And it's very, it's very, it shows very much different. Like Cody's just like, we're here, we're here to help. Cody's just like, or Crosshair is just like, I'm, I'm going to grease these bastards because he's yeah. a psychopath. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's challenging, right? And we've seen clones be compassionate toward civilians in the past. And so it's, it's good to see this again. But it it shows the distance between like Crosser doesn't have any sympathy for these people. Like he sees them as an obstacle almost to his objective, and Cody still does. And remember, Cody fired on Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, so Cody's still human even after that. When he's first talking to Crosshair, is that they were that a, a lot of the clones are they're wondering if Order sixty six was the right thing. If they, if, if they did the right thing. I mean, I kind of got this um, the first time I watched it, and by the end, it was I, and uh, by the end of the episode, I was like, "So, Cody, are these clones that are thinking that Order sixty six was not the right thing to do in the room with us right now?" Because he's obviously talking about himself. Yeah, we'll get to that too. <laughs> uh, so Crosshair sees a tactical droid in the bell tower, but he can't get a clear line of sight. The clones continue to push against the droids, taking some casualties, but overall proceeding. They get to the room where the governor was being held, and commando droids are waiting for them. A clone named Nova drops his detonators when he's shot, and they all go off. Now Cody and Crosshair are in a circular staircase facing commando droids. Crosshair is using mirrors to shoot up the staircase. The droids attack by crawling on the walls and ceiling. Cody kills one with an Knife in his hand, uh, with a knife in hand-to-hand combat. A commando droid almost kills Crosshair by strangling him, but Cody kills him with a knife too. After he's ba- he's basically begging Cody for help. Cody throws the last reflective puck in the room, and Crosshair ricochets a blast off of multiple pucks and kills the droids in the bell tower. Now Tawny Ames is in the bell tower too, holding a blaster to the head of the Imperial Governor uh, Groton. She says that. Can we stop here for a second? Sure. Yeah. So I just want to talk about this shot that uh, Crosshair makes. It, it is like a superhero, like Marvel level suspension of disbelief kind of shot. Mm-hmm. Except they go to the trouble of establishing it in the last episode of season one. Because in the last episode of season one, in the training room, um, Hunter uses the little reflective pucks to shoot all of the other clones in the room that aren't Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. And so it's good It's good that they've established his capabilities ahead of this. But also, I found these commando droids to be terrifying as an enemy, more so than I've seen them in the past. I know that I've heard that the design of the battle droids in-universe are supposed to be um, basically modeled after Geonosians. Like they're supposed to be, they're supposed to look like bugs. And 
I never really saw it. Right, I think you can sort of see it if you if you're looking for it. But there's a couple scenes in this fight where they look like insects crawling on walls, crawling on ceilings, like jumping down on people. It's it's shot wonderfully. And there's also like a throwaway scene where they walk into the where the clones walk into the room and just light two of them up with a flamethrower. Mm-hmm. And they burn like they're bugs. I think I think this is one of the few episodes where we see battle droid and commando droid and droideka combat, where I'm like, oh no, I get it. These are bugs. They're designed to look like insects. They're designed to be like insects or, or invertebrates or arthropods, whatever you want to say. Like they're, they look like and act like bugs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, all right, so Tony Ames is in the tower holding a blaster to the head of Imperial uh, Governor Groton. She says she's the rightful governor, and she says that they are independent. Groton and the soldiers will be handed over once the, Imper- the Empire acknowledges that. Cody argues that the Empire is supposed to establish peace and order. Sorry, Tony, uh, Tony refers to some events from the Clone Wars where Mina Bontari and other senators from both the... Uh, Republic and from the Separatists had a treaty to end the war, but Palpatine rejected it. And she's saying the peace was never an option. Cody takes off his helmet and puts his blaster down. He reasons with her that they lived through one war and they don't need another. He asks her to resolve this without bloodshed for her people. She releases Groton and Groton being the... Oh, Rotten. (laughs) Because it's G R O T T O N. I mean, rotten. Rotten is rotten. Oh, good, good call. Yeah, you're, he, you're good at picking that stuff up. You yeah. got the shaggy one too. Yeah. Uh, he immediately orders her execution. Cody hesitates. Tony says, "So much for peace." Grutton yells that he gave him a direct order. Crosshair shoots Tony. She falls to the floor dead. This is a super, super dark moment. Yeah. It's upsetting. Mm-hmm. how dark it is even the musical cue is super dark yeah it um the um through throughout like the, the rest of this like part until they get back onto coruscant it's it reminds me of the music have you seen uh blade runner uh 2049 i have not seen that one yet Oh, fuck. I know, I know. Just send me a list. Um, all, the movies, all the movies I haven't been watching because of fucking work. Well, not to give it away, but there is a... Um, people who have seen it, um, like um, maybe three quarters, four... Or maybe like near the end of the movie, uh, Ryan Gosling has like a... Ryan Gosling's character has just like this revelation. And it is like gut-wrenching. And this, they a similar music. This kind of this, like, and like Hans Zimmer was the the um, was the composer for that. But it's just very much like that, where it's just like, oh, this kind of like very synthetic, heavy music. It's just like this, is like, oh, this is just heartbreaking. There's yeah. So like this, from this moment forward, when that when that rifle goes off. There's basically nothing good that happens. Nothing good happens. Mm-hmm. Like nothing, nothing goes his way. Nothing can go his way. It's over, right? It just gets worse for him from here on out. 
And anyway, sorry, I don't want to soak up the discussion. It's just this is this is a I knew it was going to happen. And when it, and once again, I was watching with the boys, and when it happened, both of them said, "Of course." Yeah, and to me, all I could think is like, "What what did she think was going to happen?" Like that. I mean, we have the we we have the luxury of just being viewers. Like from the outside, we we already know the empires and evil um but was she expecting that maybe that they would deal that there was i don't i don't know like it's it's like i said this is a a really hard moment to watch and the rest of the episode doesn't get better Mm -hmm. yeah so uh gratin orders her body to be put in the square as a warning cody doesn't say anything crosshair leaves while cody looks at tawny's body now, stormtroopers are going door-to-door, searching houses and rounding up people. Uh, the planet is now under heavy occupation. The clone troopers are loading onto a shuttle. And as Cody's boarding, he turns around and sees another shuttle full of the new uh, TK stormtroopers offloading. The clones return to their home base, leaving the planet under stormtrooper occupation. This is a poetic moment, right? And it has to be intentional. Yeah. He, Cody is... All of the clones, all the wounded clones and everybody are loading onto the shuttle to leave. And Cody stops and looks around. And the only troops left are stormtroopers and more stormtroopers are arriving. There isn't a single clone left on the planet. Mm -hmm. This is is a visual handoff saying, like, the future is stormtroopers. Clone troopers are done. Mm -hmm. Because they got the shitty job, too. They got the job to, like, go grind yourselves against these fucking battle droids because we don't care what happens to the clones. And now that that battle's over and and the city is secured, we're going to send in all of these jackboot thugs to push around the the indigenous. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and they're the occupying force, not the invading force. Right? They're both dangerous jobs, but one is obviously more dangerous. Yeah, and you can – and you actually see stormtroopers going into the home – that Cody and Crosshair uh, of the family that Cody and Crosshair uh, come in contact with when they're trying to get to the tower. Yeah. So, yeah. So back of the, back of the uh, base at the Memorial for the fallen clones, uh, Cody asks, Cody asks Crosshair if they're making the galaxy better. Crosshair says that they're just shoulders. They do what has to be done. And Cody then puts a, question to crosshair is like do you know what makes them different than droids that clones they have a choice they get to make their own decisions and they have to live with those choices right they didn't erase their conscience at least not entirely Mm -hmm. so there's a piece there's a piece of that reasoning like human reasoning left yeah yeah and it's and he's in no certain ways uh kind of like uh, he's kind of shoving what uh, what Crosshair did in his face. It says like we're not droids. Droids just we we can make our own decisions. Right. Like he he didn't examine that he didn't examine the morality of that moment at all. He just yeah. did it. Mm-hmm. Like like he was bought. Yeah. So uh, back in Crosshair's uh, room, he's not sleeping, but the shift alarm goes off. Uh, he sits up and looks at his gear. He's got like a serious five o'clock shadow. He goes to breakfast and sits by himself. 
He is again paged to Rampart's office, and Rampart says that he get a good job on Desix, and he's going to get another mission. Rampart tells him to report to CC-16. Crosser then asks what happened to Commander Cody. Rampart doesn't know who he's talking about, or at least refuses to acknowledge it, and so Crosshair asks about CC-224. Rampart says that he's gone AWOL and that clone loyalty isn't as good as advertised. Rampart says the clones keep disappearing around Crosshair. Crosshair leaves his office and heads for his next mission. Now, the end. Yeah, so this is like a super... <laughs> so, from from the start of the episode to the end of the episode, it's obvious Crosshair is under pressure. Um, he's changing, albeit slowly and silently. But you see him unkempt and disheveled and not sleeping in his little cell or barracks, wherever the hell he's being kept. Mm-hmm. He's completely isolated. He doesn't have a squad. He doesn't have a command. Even the people that he knows from the before times are deserting. And he doesn't know what to do. Except to keep going. Right? He's he's like a workaholic in that sense. But he, he has no identity outside of being what he's been created to be. So it's it's this whole thing is just heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, did you like it? Oh yeah, I thought it was a much, it was a you know much needed after kind of what I thought was kind of a, kind of a a, a limp entry into the uh, new season with the first two episodes. I thought this I thought this episode was great. Cause I I love a good story that just kicks you right in the balls. A good something that just like leaves you just afterwards. It just leaves you just feeling just like, uh I don't feel so good <laughs> about everything. I, I need to, I need to think for a little bit. I think desperation, desperation, these sorts of stories um, are really cathartic, right? It's like, I think it's really hard. Like, like you were saying earlier, it's the first time you're reading against the, the clones, but even then you're not really like I was, I understand that comment, but I wasn't really rooting against the clones at any point. I was sort of rooting for her, for Tawny, but it's it's weird because like it's it's one of these stories that that's messing with your expectations about what should happen and and what's going on and like I said earlier it's just putting the audience in that in that mindset it's like what side am I supposed to be on right now because these are obviously the classical enemies of the narrative these are the battle droids these are the separatists and and we know from from our point of view that that it was all a contrivance, but it's hard to root for a battle droid mm-hmm. over, or like a clone trooper even now. But they're making it they're making a very compelling case that that's what you should be doing, right? That that the battle droids that are or the clone troopers that are still there are there by choice, and they're serving the Empire, and that's not a good thing to be right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this this gives us partially the answer that we've been asking, like what happened with all the clones is that they're they're in the just they're bailing. There's no replacements. They're being sent on suicide missions, and um, and they're just like having like second thoughts, and they're just like they can see the writing on the wall, and they're just like, 
I'm I'm out. I'm out of here. And how satisfying is that? Is that answer? It's in my opinion, it's very satisfying. It's like it's like yeah. Where did they go? Well, they got wiped out by giving. They had a series of really shitty missions they were given, where they had no hope of survival. But they were treated like cannon fodder until they were until there was no more of them, or the the smart ones said like, well, it's time to get. That's all of them, right? There's just none. There's just like no other choice. They either got out or were killed, or. Yeah. Or whatever. Or stayed in, yeah. Because we know of a few of them that are stayed in and were stormtroopers. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, there's that's the severe minority apparently. Yeah, I can't remember. Was it was it Rebels where Ahsoka talks about like what happened? Like what happened to the clones was almost worse. Than... Right. So so she does in the old old what is it old relics or can't remember the name of that episode. Relics of the Old Republic. Or... That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So the in that episode, she does allude that something bad happens to the clones, but it's obvious that the clones there isn't like some broad kill order for them because they still contact the Empire at some point, right? But there must be there must have been something, but something coming up. Yeah, but I think that she's but she was also just referring to just like having their free will just snapped away. Yeah, you know, fair. with the um, with Order sixty six, that they could they couldn't control themselves. Yeah, fair, very fair. Yeah, this is uh, this is a great episode. Um, I'm hoping that they can uh, have more of more of this kind um, going forward. Um, and it, I almost wondered, like, because what Rampart said that like they keep on disappearing around him. But at this point, he know he knows that um, that they're still alive, that the Bad Batch is still alive. Yeah, Rampart knew as of the end of last episode. Yeah, and so it, it was it is a loaded comment that they keep disappearing, right? So it's a it, he knows he's baiting him. Mm-hmm. And I gotta wonder what's what's the plan for him because he can't he's got to find a way to get rid of them on the down low so that. Like Tarkin doesn't, uh, Tark doesn't get wind that uh, they're still alive, and, and run and running amok. Yeah, exactly. Which, if if anything, I wouldn't be surprised if Tarkin like doesn't like. It comes down to like him trying to pull the wool over Tarkin's eyes, and Tarkin's like, I already know. A guy, a guy like Tarkin knows everything. Yeah, I've, I'm I'm sort of hoping that. Um, Rampart's making his own bed with some of this stuff. Like, he's just out there too far, being too ambitious, and then covering up too many mistakes. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that that comes back to get him, but we'll see. Cool. All right. So uh, shall we rank the episodes? Sure. Sure. Okay. All right. So now's the time where we rank an episode based upon a... Star Wars character. So a great episode would be a original trilogy character, Luke Han, Leia, Darth Vader, Chewbacca, etc. Uh, a really bad episode would would be um, Ron Burrs is a background alien in Jabba's palace. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still doing the Jabba's palace stuff. So or or one or one, or one of the uh, uh, dipshits, um, corporate security guys. Uh, Casting Andor Ice is the very first uh, episode. Yeah, those guys are awesome. Yeah, 
they're just fucking losers. Um, so what do you, what do you give this episode? Um, I'm gonna give it Dangar. Dangar, okay. I haven't used Dangar before, I don't think. Um, and Dangar is one of those like sleepy characters, but I I really like him, and I like I like his appearance in comics and things like that. I think he's a more important than you think he is overall. Mm-hmm. And he was, um, yeah, like this episode I think is more important than we, than we can tell. I think this episode sets up, I hope more episodes in the future because I think I don't mind, I don't mind the silly episodes as much as you do. Um, but I want to know more about what happens to the clones and I want to know, um, what happens to Crosshair? And I, I I like character growth and character development. And I think we saw a lot of reluctant growth from Crosshair. And we got some Cody more morality, too. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I am going to give this one an Uncle Owen. Because, how, how do I say it? Because it's like, a pile of bleach bones in the desert. Yes. Well, no, it's because it kind of like ends in heartbreak. Owen, we don't, you don't know it really to the Obi-Wan series, but he really cares for Luke. He comes across as like kind of a hard ass, but it's just because he cares so much about Luke that he doesn't want him to get hurt. He he wants he wants he's trying he tries he's trying desperately to keep him close by, um, not to make the mistakes his father did, try to keep him away from Obi-Wan. Governor Tawny had the best intentions, but just it just failed ultimately and just she she was killed and her body just strung up as a yeah. warning yeah we didn't even talk about that really that's a that is a really fucked up thing to do but um yeah it's a good pick one of my favorite moments in obi-wan is when um owen says he is mine yeah and just like yep you really really nailed it because yeah yeah just wonderful wonderful to see that sort of like devotion mm-hmm. yeah Obi-Wan's like, well, I've got to tra- train him. And he's like, like he did his father. Just dunking on Obi-Wan like that. I thought that was great. Yeah, another per- another wonderful moment. And uh, I know we haven't talked about Obi-Wan a whole lot on this show, but um, bringing back the actor and then giving him such a powerful, he and Baru, when when um, Reva's coming, coming for Luke, mm-hmm. they laid it out for him. They would have they would have died defending him. Yeah. So yeah, it's a great great pick. Owen's a a great character. Do you want to set up the next episode? Cool. Next episode will be um, season two, episode four, uh, Bad Batch called Faster. I just want to uh, say uh, thanks for listening. We don't um, we don't do any kind of real uh, advertisement, so we're just glad anybody's listening. Uh, please, if you could, just give us a. A rating on whatever um, podcast aggregator you're getting us from. Um, give us five stars, whatever. Maybe eventually we'll get noticed and we can start um, selling uh, gold to old people. Um, but uh, and also, uh, please uh, tell a friend that uh, about a podcast about uh, two guys who talk about Star Wars cartoons and just Star Wars in general. And if you think we sucked, well, sorry, but. As a joke, find somebody at work that you should really hate and tell them about the podcast so they ruin their time. We'll be back with the next episode of Bad Batch. 
Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Nub as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewa, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We will see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Da 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 da